Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Dog Check. I am Max Loeb here with Eric Metcalf and Nathan Zagora, special guest color analyst for the Cleveland Browns. How are you guys doing today? Doing Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure to have you on. I'm, I'm still, I'm still not over this this loss, especially living in Seattle and having to listen to this every day yeah. and walk around just knowing that we lost here. It, it, it makes me sick. How has it yeah, been? Have you have one. you gotten any uh any uh yells on the side of the street? Has has it been bad? You know, people aren't really yelling at me it's more so people are calling my friends and saying how's ah. eric doing is eric okay right <laughs> now that comes so that's like a even more more of a jab right because they're not really yeah. saying anything but they're saying like is he okay like i'd go Gosh. jump off a bridge or something because of this right <laughs> yeah oh man it, it was a tough one it was and you know there are there are a lot of things that went wrong i thought the biggest thing when i was watching is you know outside of the first quarter they played pretty much three quarters of great football. They just needed one more play. You had the drop pick six. You had the fade to Amari Cooper in the red zone that Elijah Moore was open on. Just like one one more play. You, f- you feel like that's all it took, but they didn't get it. I don't know, Nathan, what did you think? I think you're exactly right, and I think you hit on two of the big plays, certainly down the stretch. The Cam Mitchell could have been a walk-in pick six, and then on the one where he tries to throw it to uh, Amari, he had kind of clear – P.J. Walker decided where he's going with the ball beforehand because Elijah comes right across the middle of the field. Bobby Wagner doesn't go with him. Wide open, easy, easy touchdown. And I think either one of those plays obviously changes the outcome. But, you know, for the Browns, you go on the road, you're down 14 nothing against a playoff team, a very tough place to play. The 12s are very loud. It's an awesome stadium, awesome experience. I, I love the way they battled. But you got to take care of the football. I mean, yeah. the Browns' reality is very lucky to be 4-3. and three. Because we've lost a turnover battle in six of the seven games. You know, P.J. Walker, and in the three games he's played, we've gone two and one, and he's turned the ball over seven times just himself in those three games. And I think turnovers, again, were the difference in this one for the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, the last turnover, which was kind of a fluke play. But you mentioned one more play. You make that play, get a first down, Yeah, it's game over. And you win. It just, I think it's so hard because you felt like you were so close to winning, and it was so obvious how easy it could have been to win that you didn't get it done. Right. You know, and I, and I think about this, Nathan, when, you know, cause having played and everything, and there's always two sides of how you treat it. And I, and I feel like with PJ Walker, having turned the ball over as much as he had in the past couple of games and it's third and three towards the end of the game. Why do we not run the ball, especially when we're averaging almost four yards of carry at that point. And so that's, I mean, there were guys wide open on that play, no question. But we're asking someone who was on practice squad to go out there and make the winning plays, and we're not really expecting that he can do it all the time. What do you think? I think that's the fair way to phrase it, right, is that you have one play to win the game. What, what do you, Who do you trust the most? Do you trust P.J. Walker the most, or do you trust a running back in your offensive line that's really kind of the strength of this football team? I totally understand both sides of this. I, I think it, it's one of those things that because we're outcome biased and we decide – Oh, that didn't work. That's the wrong decision. I understand saying, look, they're going to, they think we're probably going to try to run it. They're going to try to. Oh, we got a disconnect here. Hold on. Oh, there we go. 
It's okay. We could still sorry hear about you. That. There we go. There we All go. Right, sorry about that. Yeah, I got a no phone worries. call coming in. Don't call my phone. <laughs> Nobody call me right now. We got important business with the dog check going on. Yeah. But I think that because it's so outcome biased, it becomes, you know, binary. Like that was either a good decision or it wasn't. Right. They were run blitzing because of the formation we were in, you know, most likely from a shotgun, it's going to be an across the formation run, like an inside handoff or the outside. And that's right where Jamal Adams was blitzing. Yeah. You know, Amari would have been open even on that one. It's tough because I feel, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. I'll kind of ask you it this way. I think there are two ways to go. You could have thrown it, could have run it and said, look, if we get to fourth and real close, let's just go for it. And now we have one play to get half a yard or a sneak or whatever to end the game. I think nobody was thinking turnover. I think you're thinking either we're going to throw for it or it's going to be incomplete. We're going to punt yeah. it or, you know, so that, that was very unfortunate, but I felt like as that game unfolded, it was clear given our current state, no Nick Chubb, you know, PJ Walker playing quarterback, they were the better team and you're yes. on the road. I think maybe if you're at home, it's different because you have the ability to punt it. You get your crowd gets loud. It makes it harder on them to kind of come down the field. I think you wanted to go for the one punch knockout when you had the opportunity to do so. And I think they felt clearly that passing was the best way to get that. And, and all, you were asking him to commit complete, you know, a four yard pass, which yeah. he certainly is capable of doing goes off the helmet. Obviously it's a disaster. And I, I think, I do think, I understand both sides of it. And I think whatever would have worked, we would all have been very happy with. Yeah. Capable of doing it, but we've also seen him throw that in the dirt. Yeah. Right? For so, sure. For sure. So, for sure. You know, and I think it's not about ahead. trusting him and not thinking that he can do it. I think, I just think for me, all I, right before that play, I kept saying to myself and yelling, because I'm it was me against the world in my cigar lounge watching this. Because everybody else. <laughs> and I'm yelling. All he has to do is run the ball. And I kept saying, quarterback run. Let's make this a quarterback run. Split him out, quarterback run. Because then they don't know if he's actually going to throw or or run the ball. And if we don't get it, punt the ball. And I was thinking, when you play, if you, if you use a basketball analogy, you're in the championship, you want Michael Jordan to have the ball to win the championship for you. Right? Yeah. Yep. In the yep. Cleveland Browns case, Michael Jordan is number 95. Yeah, exactly. So, if you don't make it, punt. Let Michael Jordan go take care of it, and that's how I was. That's how I viewed it. No, and I and I get that. I would still say that you know, Michael Jordan still had a chance to end that game. The defense they took over, yes, at the forty-three. But you're up three, so you're thinking worst case scenario, we we give up a field goal. They walk down the field, you know, five plays, fifty-seven yards. I'll go back though to a play that happened earlier with about three and a half minutes to go, when Jerome Ford took that outside handoff and cut it up, but instead of getting down in bounds, he actually went out of bounds. Mm -hmm. I think that changes everything from that point forward because that's 40 seconds would have changed how the Seattle Seahawks had to use their timeouts and possibly that fourth down play that occurred with two minutes and three seconds left where there was no benefit from a time standpoint to running it. Right. Now, if that play occurs inside of the two-minute warning, now there is a benefit. Right. You would 100% run it because you're running it. Maybe you pick up the first, but if not, you're making them use a timeout. So I think it's those little things when you're a team like the Browns that currently right now are operating on razor-thin margins until we get Deshaun Watson back. It's those little details. Jerome Ford's got to stay in bounds on that one. Even if you're sacrificing half of a yard, 40 seconds are worth a lot more than a yard at that point in the game. And I think that kind of set off a, a chain of events that led to that decision being maybe not as black and white that it should be a run because if it was inside two more, of course it is because you, you're forcing them to use a timeout to stop the clock. Yeah, absolutely. It's It changes a lot of things. It changes how you look at it, but – 
ultimately we and our discussions can't change the past. But before we talk about the trade deadline and everything moving forward, I want to give a brief shout out to our sponsor, Bet Online. I'm sure you guys know the sports equinox was yesterday. That was NBA, NHL, MLB, and NFL all playing. The last of the major pro sports kicked off last week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all of your NBA action with MLB postseason, NFL, college football, and NHL in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. And don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, all caps, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Before we talk about this next game, we had the trade deadline ended 13 minutes ago. And the Browns shipped off, unfortunately, Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Detroit Lions. What are the initial thoughts there? Well, I'm a big DPJ guy. I've liked him since we drafted him in the sixth round. I think that he over-delivered on where he was drafted in terms of what he gave you as an NFL receiver last year. You know, career high, 862 yards. He's so good, and he'll do something this that Eric would appreciate. He's a great blocker. A lot of the times when you see our runs down the field, DPJ is the receiver that is kind of clearing the way out. He does a great job in our pin-pull scheme as being the guy who kind of pins down. So that's going to be hard to replace. For this year, as we talked about the quarterback position and, and what we haven't gotten at it since we haven't seen Deshaun since, you know, week three against the Tennessee Titans, really, it, he just wasn't getting the ball under 100 yards receiving. He's in the last year of his rookie deal. I, I like the fact that he's going to go to Detroit and maybe get an opportunity to get the ball more. I, I love DPJ. He's nothing but class, consummate professional. You ask anybody here, he's always done everything the right way. So I'm sad he's going. I'm sad that it didn't work out the way that maybe I think we all hoped it would this year for him here. But Detroit's getting a very good football player. And then now for the Browns, you drafted Cedric Tillman to replace him. I mean, that was kind of the calculus of that pick in the beginning. And now it's going to be Cedric Tillman's time to fill in that role. And I'll watch him as a pass catcher, but I'm going to watch him a lot as a blocker because those are some big shoes to fill. Yeah, and when you talk about DPJ, it's it's an unfortunate situation because last year, like you said, he had 800-plus yards, and so people are expecting big things going into this season. But when you talk about the business side of it, it kind of changes things and how he's going to be used. And and it's it's not like we're not trying to go out there and win, but you know how it goes sometimes. And you're in the building, so I know you don't want to say anything, but you're in the building, and so – Sometimes we just got to hold them back a little bit as long as we can still win and keep a guy's uh, stock down. And, and, and it's unfortunate, but maybe he goes somewhere, gets more opportunities with, with Jared Goff and, and, and gets to play like he wants to. I think one of the things that's really hard in a situation for a guy like DPJ in this offense, for example, is that with the kind of quarterback play we've gotten, and you can, you know, PJ has done, he's given you everything he's got. He is a gamer. I got nothing bad to say about him, but you can see some of the shortcomings, right? Locking on receivers, kind of deciding maybe pre-snap at times where he's going to go with the ball. I don't know how many plays in our playbook are schemed up for Donovan Peoples-Jones as the primary yeah. read. And so if you have quarterbacks that aren't getting to their second or third reads, DPJ, go put on the Seattle tape. There are at least five plays where DPJ is wide open, but he was not the primary read on the play. And so, of course, the ball, he got no targets in that game. And I think, you know, last year with Jacoby, Jacoby did a much better job of kind of maybe going through his reads and getting the ball to him. And then and Deshaun did that as well. So I think it's just kind of an unfortunate situation with him. And and uh, I, I certainly, like I said, I wish him the best. I'm a huge DPJ fan. I love that kid. 
Yeah, and I think he he adds another dimension to that Detroit offense too. Like you you talk about guys who can come down and pin while the others pull and lines a little bit of a different run scheme, but a very run driven offense, especially when David yeah. Montgomery's back. So you, you talk about a guy who can add value in that sense, not even catching passes because you obviously have the Amon Ross St. Browns, the Sam Laporta's guys like that, just adding value as a blocker. I think it, it, it makes a lot of sense too. on both sides. It makes sense. And obviously the Browns get a late round pick. It's always good. Another swing at the bat in the draft. Yeah, you basically got him as a six rounder. You've yeah. had him for almost four years and you get a six rounder back. So it's almost like a, a free transaction in that regard. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Nathan, before you go, we're going to transition into the discussion between Cardinals and Browns this coming Sunday. But we want to know either one player to watch or your score prediction or both if you'd like, because we're going to give our X factors and score predictions. We would love to hear what you think. I think, and it looks like Clayton Toon is going to start for the Arizona Cardinals, and that's a tough spot for a rookie to start <laughs> in Cleveland. I don't think the weather's going to be great, certainly not what he's used to down there in Paradise Valley. And so I think our defense should dominate this football game. I still personally hope, I hope that Deshaun Watson is able to go this week because I think it'd be real important to see him kind of get his feet wet before we head to Baltimore for those back-to-back division games at Baltimore, home for Pittsburgh. So I'm hopeful that he will be the X factor in this one. But I think our defense should be able to win this game by themselves. And then what we get offensively is a bonus. I'll tell you one guy, though, to keep an eye on that I like, and I'm curious to see what you think, Eric. I like Pierre Strong. I I like his acceleration. I like the way he finishes his runs with his pads out over his knees, and he's very low and is able to fall forward. I think that kid's got some juice. And uh, you go back, his first career touchdown was actually against Arizona as a member of the New England Patriots last year. There you go. He he makes guys miss. He gets through there, like you said, lowers his pads, and and he can run. And so he's one of those guys who, who brings a lot to the table if used on maybe a third and three. (laughs) there it is there it is we will end on that thank you so so much for joining thank you so much for joining we appreciate you hopping on appreciate your two cents as always yeah max my pleasure eric my pleasure great seeing you guys thanks great to see you all righty we are back to discuss cardinals at browns like nathan said it's it's a tough spot for clayton to come in at cleveland likely bad weather against one of the best, if not the best defense in the league. Like if, if you're the Browns on that side of the ball, do you really overcomplicate things? Do you just play as you've been playing? Like it's, it's a weird spot to be in. It's, it's seems like a trap game, but I don't know if the Cardinals have enough with Clayton to quarterback. I think you just do what you, you, you've been doing. And and when I think about this and cause, cause Kyler Murray has been clear. He was clear last week to play. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the, the, the Cardinals are making a business decision by saying let's not put him in against the Cleveland Browns because of that, that defense and the way they rush the quarterback because yeah. he, he could get hurt again. We're not even we're not doing anything. We're not going to the playoffs or anything. So let's let's wait a little bit if we're gonna put yeah. him in. So I think I think we have the ability in our front in our front four and and, and DBs and just the whole defense period to just go out there, do what we've been doing and make it difficult for their offense. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think it's it's a tough spot to be in for either of their starts, even Kyler's first start coming back. Although I don't I don't want to just fully rule out Kyler Murray. The the unpredictability of the quarterback situation with the Cardinals has been really, really interesting all year long. Obviously the trade for Josh Dobbs before the season started, and now the whole the 180 trading him to Minnesota just a couple hours ago. I don't know. Like I, I'm not convinced that this isn't a smokescreen 
to say this this could be Kyler's first start. I, I get that because when when you let a Josh Josh Dobbs go, you're giving him an opportunity to start, which means he wasn't yeah. going to start, right? Mm-hmm. So so you're sending somewhere where he can go, maybe start again, which, like you said, could say Kyler Murray is playing or or, or might play, and and if he does, it's it's something looked at because in in years past, our defense has a lot of problems against running quarterbacks. Yeah. And so, that's 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 the big thing we have to look at, and 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 hopefully we'll see what happens, and um, we'll get the best play out of our defense, no matter who's playing. We absolutely will. We'll go to the other side of the ball too. We just talked about the Deshaun Watson, those back-to-back divisional games coming up. Is it even worth rushing him back, quote unquote, rushing? Is it even worth playing him this week? You know, it. I, I get what Nathan was saying about playing him and, and and knocking on some of that that rust. However, I'm I'm one of those guys that. If he doesn't play and we feel like we can go out there and do what we do and win this game, then I'd rather him get that that extra week of rest to get ready for that stretch yeah. of Warren Pittsburgh that he was talking about. Yeah, and I I think it's important to understand too that the Browns aren't trotting out DTR in his first career start. Like PJ Walker has been good. You beat a team like the 49ers, you beat a decent team in the Colts where you got to score a lot of points to win the game as well. And then obviously you're in a close game with another playoff team in Seattle, who by the way is now leading the NFC West, which is a, a crazy three week swing. But that is a it's not like you're rolling out a guy who hasn't played before who can't win you those big games. And, you know, it, even if it is the Arizona Cardinals, this is a, a big, important game for the Browns this weekend. Right. And Arizona's going to be tough. They they did the same thing to Dallas. Everybody thought Dallas was going to walk in early in the season and, and beat the hell out of Arizona. And what happened? Arizona won the game. So you can't yeah. take them for granted because everybody is professionals on the other side as well. You just right. have to go out there, play good, tough defense, be sound with the football on offense because that's – been a thorn. We've been turning the ball over. We could score so many more points in, in these past games if we would keep the ball. You can't score without the ball, but we're turning it over at an at alarming rate, and we just we need to, to tone that down some in order to go out there and, and score some points. Because, look, against the Seahawks, the uh, time possession wasn't even close. Yeah. Right? What wasn't even close. We just weren't getting points out of it. And, and, and we spotted them 14 <laughs> And so, and we came back, took the lead, but it's it's, it's one of those things. And and it's and Baltimore, we we take that loss out of it. But when we're talking about Pittsburgh loss and and this loss to the Seahawks, my only problem with this is with four minutes to go and the football in both those games, we had we had a lead, and we were not able to finish it. They developed four minute football for a reason. Yeah. Uh huh. And we haven't been able to close that deal in, in that regard. Yeah, that, that's that's fascinating. I didn't even think about that, the the whole putting two and two together with the four-minute drill. That's fascinating. Yeah, you know, it's it's situational football. And honestly, I thought the Browns have generally excelled at situational football this year. But those two, for sure, they stick out. And, you know, if it's a close game, maybe maybe something like that arises again this weekend. It's It's something that's – Super, super important for a team that's walking into a game where they feel like they should win. Right. And and, and, and it's going to make it rough, but this is where you have to be a professional. They, you got to respect the other players coming in. You got to respect that team because, once again, they're pros just like you are, and they have pride just like everybody else. Everybody, some people are playing for new contracts. Some, some people want extensions, everything. And so they're coming in here to play hard. They're, they're, they're going to roll in Cleveland to play hard, and they expect to win the football game. 
it, it won't be until we knock them in their mouth that they stop believing that they can't. Yeah. And that's what's going to have to happen. You, you take a, you take a team that's not very good and let them hang around. Then all of a sudden they begin to believe they can win. And so that's why we got to go out there. Like we're playing the best team in the, in the, in the league. Mm-hmm. And take care of our business, and hopefully, in taking care of our business, it gets us to the point where we we walk out of there with a win. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk X factors. I'll let you pick your side of the ball again. I think I think I have one, but I don't know. It's 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 an interesting game. So I'll I'll let you go first. I'll it, let you it, take it the stage. Really, it really is, and and so with that in mind, I'm gonna go with the running back room. Okay, I like that. I'm going to go with the running back room because we're not we're not playing one guy you getting 20 something carries we're, we're, we're using multiple guys. And so I think it's how those guys as, as a room contribute to this offense is will determine what our offense does as far as scoring points and, and moving the football. Yeah, I, I'm offensively. I could not agree more. You kind of took mine. So I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm just going to say the red zone offense. I think as a whole, the red zone offense has to be above average this week because I don't think they'll have an issue moving the ball I think the defense will put them in good positions as well where they have shorter fields where they can move into the red zone with a couple first downs can they turn threes into sevens I think that that's the biggest storyline for this Browns offense defensively I don't know how many snaps he's going to get but Greg Newsome I'm going to look at I didn't think he played great last game obviously he had the one big pass deflection on the sideline Tyler Lockett but other than that I thought Tyler Lockett was on him all day. I, th- I thought Newsom struggled. I mean, really interested to see if the Cardinals break down into lighter packages, even 10 personnel, like Newsom's out there. Can he go cover a guy he should be better than? I'm looking at that for sure. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Anthony Walker. Okay. Because I think this is one of those games where the, the Cardinals come in and and they they know they have Toon playing and he hasn't played and so you, they don't put too much on him. I mean he'll throw some balls. He'll have to make some throws in in order to make some plays and and give them an opportunity to win. But when it's all said and done, I think they want to run the ball and, and to keep it out of our hands because we're going to run the ball. I think they want to run the ball and, and, and keep the, the quarterback upright because if it is if it is Toon and not and not Kyler, what do you do if something yeah. happens? Him. So you have to keep him upright. And so I think they le- try to lean on the run game. I like that. I think that's a really good call. And I think they're going to have to lean on the run game. They're, they're running back Amari DiMercato. I think he had 20 touches last week. Like they're, mm-hmm. they have a guy they believe in. So it's, right. that's a very good call. And he's been playing well. Let's talk score predictions. I'll let you go first again. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this is going to be a higher scoring game. I think we'll both have the same outcome here, but I'll, I'll let you go first with the numbers. I got Browns 27, 13. I don't okay. think they, I don't believe that they'll be able to score that much, and 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 hopefully uh, they won't do it in 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 garbage time. But I'm going 27 13. I think we I might I believe we might even score more than that. Yeah, it's just uh, I, I'm going I'm being I'm being safe with it and saying 27 13. I think yeah I, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be super close. I think it could be a replica of the the Tennessee game. I'll go 24 to six. I think it could be a little bit score lower scoring, but. Again, I I don't think the Cardinals will, will give much offensively, especially if it is Clayton Tune. I just find that so hard to believe. Yeah, I don't I don't think they'll have enough. I don't yeah. think they have enough in their arsenal. I don't think he I don't know think he hit, or offers that running ability as a quarterback to extend plays because <laughs> because even in games with, with Josh Dobbs when he was playing, a lot of plays 
that they extended because he was just running the ball. And so that's yep. how they were able to, to sustain drives. And so I don't know, I don't know if Clayton Toon has that against us. Well, we will certainly see Browns, Cardinals, 1 p.m. Eastern, I believe, on Sunday. Going to be a good one. We appreciate you guys tuning in. You guys will be hearing this on the morning of November 1st. It is December, or excuse me, October 31st on our end, Halloween, not December yet. Um, but we appreciate you guys hopping on. This is the Dog Check presented by Bet Online. Eric, any last words? Boo. Happy, <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween, guys. Appreciate you hopping on. Go Browns. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.